we're unhappy when we don't want to do what we are doing so i'm on this mission to make sure that this truth is permeated to as many people as possible and what is this truth so the truth is that so i got out of college and i set up my first company and that was one of the first social media agencies in india and i took this risk and uh, it paid off so you know we had our first customer was a large cosmetics company and then Maybelline also owns Garnier after that because two big brands and then Cadbury's called saying okay you know the rest was history what does meditation really do it is the most efficient smartest and effective way to build muscle in our brains only 2.5% of the world's population has a meditation practice 0.5% of the world has a regular meditation practice within one week of regular meditation you can start seeing reduced signs of stress within 2 weeks increased focus with 2 years increased cognitive speeds and learnability wow. the one secret is Harshal Shivani welcome to Mumbai's millennial mind thank you you are the reason i'm able to do any of this without you i wouldn't have been able to no, do it being, at all you're being very humble no I seriously think, uh, so many people wanted to speak to you here and uh, When I said, "Look, you know this. Oh, we've heard, we've heard of her. She's she speaks about mental health. She's uh, she speaks so well. So Aww. lots of people were so excited to to hear you. No, but seriously, so it's all you. No, I helped a little bit on the side. You can credit me for that. Like you, the you help, you, okay, let me just tell you what he helped me, helped me with. Yeah, helped me with this entire camera crew. You helped me with seventy five percent of my guests. It's oh. probably going to be more now because wow. you're getting me more. <laughs> Without you, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So thank you so much. So that's the reason I'm here now. On this. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to be on here in London, but we didn't get yeah. my studio and situation. But anyway, so nice to have you here. Very excited to talk here. about your journey because everyone speaks so highly of you. So for people who don't know who you are, tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so what I do is uh, right now I'm running two companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a large independent advertising agency, Plus Plus Plus. We do advertising, tech, production. Yeah. Uh, we manage talent. Uh, we do a bit of IT. So we're a total of about give or take fifteen hundred of us uh, between wow. uh, Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore. Some of us in London and some of us in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of uh, uh, who we are. Uh, that's the first company, and the second company is a company called. So the first one's called Shebang, yeah. And the second one is called Level Supermind, and Level Supermind is a meditation app, uh, meditation first app. And we do sleep, we do mind muscle workouts, we do journaling and affirmation, much like your planner yes. in a digital <laughs> format. Uh, so that's what we do, and we are. We've just launched in September. uh and we are racing now we're close to 300,000 users uh, lots of people liking what we do we're constantly improving so that's the second company that i run so that's the two things that i do and uh yeah i started my career at the age of 20 with my first company okay um did you were you born in mumbai i was born in mumbai yeah okay so right right out of college we are at the taj hotel and uh, you know this area is where i studied really uh, so my college is about a 15 minute walk away 12 to 15 minute oh. walk away and uh, yeah so i got out of college and i set up my first company uh, because the salary i was being offered was too low so i said what's my opportunity cost and uh, i just jumped into it and that was the first uh, one of the first social media agencies in india so i set that up it grew to be the first uh, large format social media agency in the country and then i folded my cards on that one and i set <laughs> up the bank 
How, how did that happen? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't come from a background where I could just say, okay, I've come out of college, and you know what, the salary is too low, so I'm mm. going to set up a social media agency, which is not really the norm at that time, I presume, right? You said it was yeah. the first one. Yeah. First of all, how did that idea come to you? And secondly, how did you tell your parents? <laughs> okay, so the, I'll take the second one. The second one was quite easy. Really? Because, uh, so, I mean, let's put a bit of context here, right? Mm. So if you graduate in London, low starting salary is, uh, let's say, 22,000 pounds per annum. Low. Low. Uh, Average is about, I would say, 30. 30,000. And Correct. high is 50. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's translate that to Indian rupees. It's 50 lakh, mm -hmm. 30 lakh, 22 lakh. Mm -hmm. uh, my starting salary at the time was uh, 160 pounds a month. No way. So that's what I was being offered. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the thing with India, right? So it's a very large competitive labor market. That's mm -hmm. our strength. That's yes. our opportunity. That's also, you know, typically at the start, that's how the labor market works, is that typically at the start, you have a lot of people being hired. And then if you're really good, you get promoted really fast. Right. So you'll see people in India actually then start making more than people in the UK wow. by year six or seven. Okay. Because the responsibility that they have uh, far outweighs, you know, the, you know, all of the opportunity and the business that they're serving. So it's, mm -hmm. it was a bit like that. Okay. So I said that, you know, what's my opportunity cost? I don't need to really run my house. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I fortunately come from a place of privilege. Yes. So Give I'm OK hand. with, uh, you know, kind of accepting that I'm not like I, I'm, I'm fortunate and it's touch wood that I don't have to fight like many of the people in this country to, mm. you know, put f food on the plate of their family. So I'm mm. fortunate about that. I'm not, I'm grateful about, I'm, I'm fortunate for that. I'm grateful for that. Mm. Uh, but I also know where I'm at. Yeah. So then I knew that I could take this risk. And I took this risk and uh, it paid off. So, you know, we had our first customer was a large cosmetics company, Maybelline, New York. Uh, they gave us the opportunity to try three months with them. And wow. I delivered to them 6x the return of their previous agency. So they said, okay, look, you know, we're going to sign an annual contract with you now. And then Maybelline also owns Garnier. So Garnier said, okay, look, we'll also do a contract with you. And then soon came uh, after that because two big brands and then Cadbury's called saying, okay, you know, we don't mind having a meeting with you. And then we got uh, the Cadbury brand Bonneville and wow. then Cadbury Silk and then Cadbury Bonvita. And we did this massive campaign to bring the Bonvita quiz contest back on television. Uh, and then the rest was history because then you you just made yeah, sure that yeah because once you're in once you're in that league where you're serving large companies then you're then you know you have a stamp of credibility and trust mm -hmm. uh, and then that's what happened and then you know then that's that's where that took off so what did you study in school uh, when you came out of university yeah so I studied, uh, so in t up till the 10th, we have the Indian curriculum, yes. the ICSE. 11th and 12th, I was in the first IB school in the city, or okay. the second IB school in the city, the International Baccalaureate. This was the Dhirubhai Ambani school. Okay. That's where I know Ranveer from. Uh, so that's where, you know, he's five years younger than me. Uh, wow. But, uh, you know, like we were like big bro, little bro kind of uh, vibe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I've, I studied through that and then I studied in Mumbai, University of Mumbai. 
uh, mass media. You, mass media. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so you studied mass media. That's why when you came out, you knew that you wanted to do something. No, I was already doing three internships in college. So my first internship was in an advertising agency, Densu Advertising, okay. the Japanese company. Uh, then I was working on a project to make all of Mumbai city wireless. So I was calling up, you know, that's when I started my first Facebook group. And, uh, you know, I said like the Facebook group was called, I want all of Mumbai to have wireless internet. Uh, so lots of people joined that. And then basically I was collecting leads from there to ask people saying, hey, if you want wireless internet, no. then, um, you know, then you have to basically, you have to allow me to put a box on top of your building. So because then I could create a Vimax mesh. So I was working with this company where I was assigned the task of putting boxes on people's buildings. So when I was doing that, I realized that, okay, this is how powerful social media could be because you could just build a Facebook group and then suddenly yes. that, uh, you know, it's way cheaper than classified advertising, way mm -hmm. cheaper than putting like a traditional print ad. And people were excited because they were excited about the idea of making the whole city wireless. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got a lot of buildings to put those Vimax boxes on them. And then obviously the, the people who facilitated that got free internet for the year. And uh, yeah, in my third year, I was writing for a blog. So I used to write six or seven articles every day, uh, almost like the TechCrunch equivalent of India called what blog at the time. Uh, so I would wake up, uh, you know, see, okay, this is what Facebook is doing with the Facebook ads product. This is what, you know, this is what uh, Orkut is launching. This is okay. how Google is doing, you know, their social strategy. And I would write a lot about that. And that's when I started to go also because I was like a, you know, almost like a journalist. Yeah. So I started to go to tech conferences and I started seeing this wave of, you know, the Mintras and the Flipkarts of the world. That's when I started meeting their founders for the first few times, you know, that those conferences started coming together. And then I got the opportunity to see how this space is evolving. And I said, hey, hold on, you know, there's the first internship of advertising. There's this tech space evolving. Uh, I already saw social media was powerful, so how can I connect the dots between the three? And that's when I started the first company. And you were doing all of that while studying? Yeah. So yeah. so tell me the secret pill or so something study you was, take. Uh, you know, like we had uh, uh, college from 7 till about 12. Okay. So I would finish college. Yeah. Uh, and you basically then you have the whole day free. Got it. So then you can spend time doing that. It's much like you, do your podcast in the day and then hang out with your cousins in the evening. So it's a, there's no secret pill, it's just, you know, making the most of your time. Of course, but you know, being, you, you say you come from a place of privilege. How do you keep so motivated then to, to do all of these things? Because it's not easy to, to manage all those three things and manage college and then think of an idea and be 20 and mm. manage everything else. How did you have the motivation? So, I mean, when I say privilege, it's not like, you know, I had everything in the world. Yes. Um, but, you know, if I go back I, and I can reflect back on then versus now, mm. uh, what I mean by pri privilege is that I didn't need to run my house. Yes. And in India, that's a privilege. Yes. Same so here. it's, I, I mean, it's not like, you know, you have all the luxuries in the world and then you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have to do anything yes. for it. So I obviously wanted to prove myself. Mm. I, I needed to make a mark, right. um, you know. There are these different moments uh, where you get the where you get signals, uh, you know, much like your journey where you decided mm -hmm. to leave what you were doing yeah. to do this. Yes. So you get signals saying, "Hey, I'm good at this." Mm. So, in a way, that's what happened to me, which is that in university, uh, I got a signal that I could be good at this stuff, which is this media stuff and yes. organizing people together 
and really doing communication well. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I love engaging with my audience with the Q&A and the polls. And I also love the fact that I can upload my video podcast on Spotify because I know my audience love watching it sometimes when they're traveling on their commute. I highly recommend you give it a try and you can download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Um, I knew that I had three skills. I had I had the ability to put people together right. because I started seeing that when I started putting groups together and I was, I was able to tell them with clarity what to do, mm. they resonated. So I, I, I noticed that my strength is clarity. I noticed that my strength is the ability to put people together. Mm-hmm. Coming with this clarity comes the ability to put a message very clearly. Mm-hmm. So that I saw as a strength as well. And then I saw that I had this drive and determination to just want to do. Yes. So I said, let me just put all of this together mm. and uh, and deploy myself. And that was the start. Right. Uh, now the motivation is slightly different mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a bit older now, so I'm not 20 years old, I'm 35 years old. Yeah. I've been doing this for 15 years. And now the motivation is at a very base level, how can I use every action to turn myself in, into an instrument to serve without worrying about the outcome? That's the first thing. And, you know, so that's at a very core level. And then at a very focused, you know, material level, I know that the, the two opportunities that I sit on mm-hmm. are large global opportunities. Because in my, ser- in my services business, mm-hmm. in marketing and technology, we have a large French company, Publicis. We have a large French company, Havas. Mm-hmm. We have a Japanese company, Densu. We have another Japanese company, Hakuhodo. Mm-hmm. We have WPP, which is British, mm-hmm. British origin. We have Omnicom, which is American. Mm-hmm. There is no gl- major global Indian player in this mm-hmm. space of marketing and technology services. So that's what we are working to be. And that goal is way bigger than myself. Of course. So to, you know, I think that's, that's really driving me. And in the meditation business, and I call it a business because I look at it that way as well. Of course, I, you know, I'm, I come from the fundamental philosophy to serve through that work. Mm-hmm. But I know that only 2.5% of the world's population has a meditation practice. Yeah. 0.5% of the world has a regular meditation practice. So I see us almost like Nike was in the 1960s, you know, where running was just an athlete sport, just yeah. an Olympic sport. So how can we turn meditation to be ubiquitous? Because it is, 
it is the most efficient, smartest and effective way to build muscle in our brains. And most people don't seem to get that because either there is a, you know, it's difficult, there's a preconceived mm -hmm. notion to, to kind of like, you know, really sit down and still yourself. Uh, in India, we have this notion that it's religious or spiritual. Right. So that's why people get kind of moved away from it. Yes. Uh, but the truth is far from that. So I'm on this mission to make sure that this truth is permeated to as many people as possible. And what is this truth? So the truth is that it is, it is the most effective way to build muscle around your brain. Okay. Within one week of regular meditation, you can start seeing reduced signs of stress. Within two weeks of consistent meditation, mm -hmm. you can start seeing increased focus. With two years of regular meditation, what you start seeing is increased cognitive speeds and learnability. Wow. And five years of regular meditation practice, you start altering traits in yourself. You start expanding, you know, way more. Okay. So, uh, and these are all peer-reviewed different papers across strapping EEG headsets on people's heads, uh, seeing the states of their brain, seeing the states of their focus, their speed of thinking, yeah. you know, their resistance to stress. So, so I think that if, you know, there's this new world that we're entering into, mm. which is, you know, this world of so many infinite possibilities, there's the world of AI, yes. which is, you know, making life easier in so many ways. Mm. And you have the human being who has to also level up as technology levels up. Yeah. So this is kind of a rebooting of our own OS, you know, our own brain's OS. And uh, if, if this practice of stilling yourself mm -hmm. can build this muscle around you, right. there's a, then there's a lot of the neuroscience around that and we can go into that more. Yeah. But, uh, but that is really in a nutshell, the opportunity. It's fascinating because I think meditation in the last few years has been really popularized. And I find it very difficult to meditate, as I'm sure you're gonna tell me. It's gonna, I know everyone tells me it's like the best thing in the whole world. Yeah. My hesitation is always the anxiety of having to sit there in silence. Mm. And so I generally pray and I see that as my meditation, but yeah. I don't know if I'm doing it correctly because I think there's this preconceived notion that you need to sit in silence, close your eyes, chant Om, and then you'll feel okay. Hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So there's actually three streams of meditation. What you touched upon is one stream, which is the chanting based meditation. Yes. So you've got, you've got mindfulness, yeah. which is more around the breath. Okay. Uh, and then you can have guided mindfulness. Yes. Then you can have mantra-based meditation, mm -hmm. which is the chanting. Mm -hmm. And by the way, chanting can go across religions. Correct. So, you know, you could be chanting Om yeah. if you believe in Hinduism. You mm -hmm. could be chanting Al if you believe in Islam mm -hmm. and likewise. Yeah. And then there's the third stream of meditation, which is around visualization. So mm -hmm. visualization, breath work and chanting, those are the three mainstreams. Within breath work, you could also have a subset where you don't focus on your breath, but you focus on your heartbeat. Uh, so what we're trying to do is basically simplify that right. to make that more accessible. Got it. You know, as we started speaking to more and more consumers, everything kind of, you know, everything that you're echoing 
is what we heard saying mm-hmm. hey you know i have two challenges yes. one is how do i start yeah and how do i sustain So what we started doing is we started building you know on the app we've got an amazing 21 day series uh which is just 5 minutes every day. Okay. So you start with 5 minutes of 21 days to help build a habit. Got it. Because 21 days is what it takes to form a new habit. So mm-hmm. 21 days of 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then we've got an introduction to meditation series which is about 7 days which is guided by my co-founder Ranveer. Yes. So he does it in Hindi, English. Uh you know I know a lot of your listeners are in india but also outside india exactly. but uh, within uh, we we are focusing now to make sure that we have meditation available in every language so we have hindi marathi gujarati tamil oh. kannada telugu so the introduction series and the 21 day series is in all languages mm. um and uh, yeah we want to make sure that it's easy for people to start so we're dealing it like we we're, we're kind of dealing with it like a tool so how can people really get skilled into it and how can people really begin their journey so they've got the intro series and then you got you can go deeper with a focus series so we've got many pathways that you can take once you've started and why is this different from something like calm or headspace so we are at this point uh you know two major differences one is that we see ourselves as from where i started mm-hmm. there's many schools of meditation yes we're bringing all of them to make sure that people find their right fit So that's one thing because we don't I mean like I love the work that Headspace does I love the work that Calm does mm-hmm. uh but they're more primarily around the mindfulness and visualization. Correct. And Headspace is more mindfulness Calm is more visualization. Mm-hmm. We're kind of bringing all three. We think that sitting and being born out of India is the biggest opportunity that we have because we have so many guides and practitioners sitting in this country. So we're taking the best of that age old science mm-hmm. we're testing it with neuroscience mm-hmm. and we're putting it together to make sure that people find their best fit of style of meditation like you just said that you know i don't really resonate with just chanting om yes now can i find you something else mm-hmm. so that's what we're focusing on and also to your point of not chant of chanting or not chanting om mm-hmm. in the west my interactions with people in the west have been that You know, I don't want to just chant something blindly. Correct. I need to understand the meaning of it. Yes. So, uh, you know, in your Mumbai series you had Gorangadas here yesterday, so I'm just going to put a reference to his school Hare Krishna. Yes. So, if you understand the meaning of the Hare Krishna mahamantra, chances are you will connect with the mantra more. Yes. So, what we're putting on the app now is a guided introduction to mantra meditation wow. to a specific mantra which you can then adopt. So let's take the example of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. The Hare, you know, when you chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, mm-hmm. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Mm-hmm. There are two meanings for this. Mm-hmm. Meaning one is that you know you're churning inside of you all the curd because Krishna loves the curd. You're churning the curd inside of you mm-hmm. to bring it to the top, mm-hmm. and you're saying, "Come, Krishna, have my curd." Yes. So I'm churning, you know, inside of me. I'm reflecting inside of me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking inside of me i'm bringing all my impurities to the top yes. and saying come and take it away mm-hmm. the other meaning of it is also come krishna to me hare yeah. come mm-hmm. come to me and come inside of me and act through me yes so that's the second day mm-hmm. so like that we have 5 days of 
introduction to the mantra such that you then start connecting with the mantra because you know then then you're not just blindly chanting something then you're then every time you're chanting the mantra you're actually imbibing those qualities that is so powerful you know when i when we were younger my mom used to make us say the hanuman gayatri mantra first and then the hanuman chalisa every day on the way to school mm. and as kids as teenagers my brother and i were like why are you making us do this we don't want to do it but we never understood the meaning behind mm. it and as we got an older you know when you go and you read up books and stuff and with the internet you can very quickly find out the meanings of these prayers yeah. and it automatically makes you feel so much more connected Absolutely. and a lot more present as well when you're yeah. praying and when you're more present and you're more connected you are calmer and you naturally go into that meditative state yeah. so even if you don't believe that you're like meditating in that moment you probably mm. are because you're so deeply connected when you understand something yeah. so i love that that's really rare i've yeah. never heard of that before you know there's two parts to it so there's one is you can read it mm. and then when you are eyes closed and yes. only focusing on channeling it yeah. the power is a little different so true also mantras are because they've been chanted over the years mm-hmm. they kind of come with their own sort of energy because so, they've been they've been passed on from generation to generation for close to a thousand years yeah so you're then connecting and you're building your interconnectedness with all of these generations mm-hmm. you know in a uh i mean uh, not in a physical sort of way mm-hmm. but you know just as energy as it's translating so uh you know i think that's what we're doing differently yeah. we are and also with our mindfulness meditation uh we have again we derive a lot from the vipassana school and we derive a lot from you know the buddhist way the vipassana and the buddhist way are quite kind of similar yeah. uh so we have good mentors from both of these schools where we derive the you know the way to deliver mindfulness meditation so again i'll give you an example of yes. mindfulness meditation that you know and and then we're kind of modernizing it making it more gen z mm-hmm. so it's uh, so i'll give you this example in in mindfulness meditation so normally mindfulness meditation asks you to sit yeah and watch your thoughts mm-hmm. and as they go you bring them back to the center so that's the base that's the core base of all mindfulness meditation okay. so i sat down with this uh, rinpoche from ladakh uh, palga rinpoche and he had come down and he he told us basically mindfulness meditation is just like you, you know your thoughts are going and then you have a kind of like a rope and you bring it to the center yeah. and then your thoughts will go again then you bring it to the center okay and then again you bring it to the center so what's basically doing is that you know the span of variance over time as you practice this more skillfully yeah. like if you run more yeah. every day you know you'll be running 4 and then 5 and then 6 and then 8 kilometers yes so it's a bit like your your mind is a bit like that which mm-hmm. is that if you skillfully start to reduce the variance of your thoughts mm-hmm. then you will be in the center yeah so that's the core of mindfulness meditation now within our focus series mm-hmm. what we've done is that you know we we use different tools so for example one way to hack your brain to be able to catch a thought which is straying Okay. is to make sure that when you're in the state of meditation smile the moment you catch a thought string because you're actually rewarding your brain then by smiling that hey i got you i got this thought and the smile is a positive affirmation to your to yourself that you caught a thought which is string and then you bring it back to the center and then wow. it strays and you smile again and you bring it back to the center and it goes and you smile again you bring it back to the center so effectively this whole meditation that you do because every time you smile you're also opening up your heart 
and you're stilling your mind. So we're trying to make sure that we bring a lot of this wisdom yes. into a more neuro hacky way <laughs> of, you know, living. Uh, because that's the world we live in today. So I think that is a bit of, you know, our differentiation in terms of what we're bringing versus a calm or versus a headspace. I love the work they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's very inspiring. But I think we've got also really big work to do. Yeah. And, you know, like I said at the start, it's 0.5% of the world's population that has a regular meditation practice. So today where I'm at right now mm -hmm. is I just want to encourage people to do it, whether they do it on calm, whether they do it on level right. supermind, whether they do it on headspace. Doesn't just do matter. it. Just do it. A lot of people at the moment are feeling unhappy and anxious and stressed. I think especially with so much going on and with so much comparison culture we have these days. Mm. How can meditation really help that? Okay. So I think it's important to uh, not put all the eggs in the meditation <laughs> basket. Uh, but I will try to explain, uh, you know, the meditation benefit from a neuroscience perspective. Yeah. Uh, but I want to preface that with saying that it's not just meditation. It's a combination of your workout, your mm -hmm. meditation, you know, the journaling that you do, the way you speak to yourself. So it's all interrelated. Um, but from, a, you know, if you just break down happiness, mm. uh, we're unhappy when we don't want to do what we are doing, Correct. basically. So, what does meditation really do? You know, this part which in meditation we call the third eye, mm -hmm. you know, in the spiritual world is called the third eye, is actually the seat of the prefrontal cortex of the brain. Mm -hmm. Now, the prefrontal cortex of the brain is responsible for our character, who we are, our intuition, our decision making, you know, it's like really the, it's, you know, there's the animalistic brain, which is the, which is the back, you know, which is responsible for all the stress that we face, mm -hmm. flight or fight and, you know, all of that stuff. And this is the most modern part of our brain. It's the, it's the modern man's brain. Okay. So this prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for all of these things, is then connected to, you know, what in meditation is also called the crown chakra, mm -hmm. but the seat of the central lobe of the brain. Okay. which is then connected through our spine to our ears, I mean our ears, our eyes, our mouth, our hands. Okay. So what we often call an integrated person is somebody who is basically more connected to who they are and how they act. Correct. So what meditation is doing is it's increasing the connectivity between the prefrontal cortex and you know the central lobe which controls the actions. Mm. So you therefore are or that you therefore do what you are. And if you're doing more of what you are, mm -hmm. then you're likely to be happier. So true. So that's the, that's the base of it. Then there is, you know, the, the fact that it builds muscle around the amygdala or, you know, that it reduces the introduction of cortisol, which is the stress hormone mm -hmm. as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So again, what happens is that your instinctive actions, you think through a bit more. So let's say that, you know, why do you get unhappy when you binge eat on food? Yes. So what's happening is that with this regulation of the amygdala, if you see food, suddenly all of a sudden, you know, you got, hey, hold on one second. You got a prefrontal cortex saying, hey, you know, I'm responsible for decision making. Actually, let's do what we've set ourselves to do. Mm. And then that's why I'm happier. 
and of course you got to feed your prefrontal cortex and your ability to create decision making with the right kind of journaling and thoughts yes so you have to be able to write down your goals you have to be able to write down what you're grateful for because again then you're feeding your brain with the signals when you write down actually what you're grateful for what you're actually telling your brain is i want to see more of this correct it's not just gratitude most people think of gratitude as hey it's this floozy thing yeah i'm so grateful for my coffee this morning yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it's actually you're programming your brain to see more of that in your life so true so that is you know then that is coming here and then the integration between this and this that's this infinite loop that meditation basically creates when you say you should become who you are goranga das said this to me yesterday and it i don't know why i really loved it when he said that because you know whoever you want to be that's who you should embody yeah. but there's a lot of people that were listening and watching this and saying well how do i find out who i am mm. so you know firstly i love goranga das and i love the way he speaks and his analogies and his analogies yeah. and i'm uh, i mean he's such a he's such a giant of a human being inside him yes. uh that it's 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 really quite inspiring to you know every time he speaks um in the bhagavad gita you have the concept of swadharma mm-hmm. which is a lot like the famous japanese concept of ikigai yeah so swadharma is basically my dharma swadharma mm-hmm. which is being able to look at myself as a unique instrument in this larger instrument of the world to be able to serve the world and then if everybody is playing their own unique instrument this musical rhythm is this fantastic beautiful musical rhythm that starts to play so i think knowing your purpose comes first from knowing yourself because if you don't know yourself you won't be able to find your purpose and the other way to know your purpose is to know life and you know know all the opportunities coming back to our conversation so far knowing that i come from privilege knowing that i come in an environment where social media is mushrooming yes. knowing that my own skills are the ability to organize be clear with messaging etc so i always look at meditation as like this pathway you know in this it's almost like this this pathway and on one side is the room of life and one side is the room of self and what meditation allows you to do is know yourself and then come back to the pathway and then know life and then come back to the pathway and then you keep moving forward and then as you keep moving forward yourself unravels and life unravels mm-hmm. and it's you basically different rooms of self and different rooms of life and then that's how you start to discover that look actually this is who i am yes and reflection and reflection right? yeah the, the how you're describing it is you're reflecting the whole time and we don't give ourselves enough time for reflection so yeah. you know in the planner every day it's what did i do well or what did i enjoy yeah and what could be better tomorrow what yeah. didn't i enjoy yeah so you're figuring those things out along the way i think we all just expect to wake up one day and say yes this is my purpose and it's yeah. one thing yeah for a lot of people it takes a lot of time and you have to try so many different things but you're so right i think sitting still mm. being alone mm. meditating in whatever way you see fit out of those three categories mm. can really help to unravel your purpose and yourself yeah yeah and the other thing i think it's important to also note is and i faced this towards the end of last year mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm speaking like I've got it figured out, but yes. uh, I faced this towards the end of last year where I was back in a bit of a slump. And then the advice I got was that, you know, look at change as small steps every day. Mm. To your point about it's not like, hey, I wake up one morning and I've got it figured out. But it's like the small little steps every day. So if you're going to work out, start with 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then increase it to 12 and then 15 and then 20. Same with your meditation. And that's why we say five minutes and then go up to 12 minutes and then go up to 15 minutes and then go higher. Mm. So that is uh, very, very important, I think, from you know, the whole scheme of things. Talking around hacking your brain, it's a very hot topic at the moment on how to hack your thoughts. And you've, you've mentioned one thing about the rope. Yeah. Tell me what else the app offers in terms of, or any practice that you've used when you mm. wake up one day and you're feeling really low. Yeah, so uh, I love listening to uh, Andrew Huberman. Okay. And... Uh, He's done a lot of work around hacking the brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first thing he recommends usually is to get good sleep. Mm -hmm. And we've got on the app, we've got a great sleep product. Um, So again, coming to, you know, what Calm does with sleep stories, Mm -hmm. we've got our own version of it. It's more Yognidra inspired. And just to explain a bit about Yognidra is that, you know, you go straight to the state of deep sleep through a yoga nidra practice. So you skip the state in between. So the REM sleep, you skip and go straight to deep sleep. So that's typically what happens with a yoga nidra practice. And uh, so we've got a lot of yoga nidra inspired sleep wisdom. Uh, And the way Calm does it, it's telling you a story. The way we're doing it is we're feeding your brain with wisdom as you go to sleep. But doesn't that keep you awake? Uh, When it's done in a very soothing way. Oh, wow. I love listening to a podcast before I go to sleep, but the problem is I get too excited and then I want to write down ideas and then I never sleep. So that sounds amazing. Exactly. So I think we've kind of like hacked a bit of that, you know, how to get to the deep sleep state. Again, taking from the ancient, adapting it for the modern. So that's that's one thing, you know, that's good sleep is one thing. Mm -hmm. The second thing that uh, Dr. Huberman recommends is usually getting sunlight in your eyes the moment you wake up. So that activates the serotonin in your brain, which is an instant mood uplifter. Yes. So uh, not through sunglasses, not through the window, but really just in the midst of nature uh, and then walking on grass, kind of like sunlight, soak it in. Even if you don't have glass, if you have concrete, but it's still sunlight soaking in. Um, And then there is uh, what I usually try to hack my brain with is, you know, this whole gratitude practice is very, very important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's really helped me make sure that I see more of that in my life. So tomorrow, my gratitude practice is going to be that, you know, oh my God, I got the opportunity to sit down with Shivani and do this. And uh, that was amazing. And we had, you know, we've been speaking on WhatsApp, but finally we have some sort of a relationship of now. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. So, you know, I will find more of that now in my life. Yeah. It's already going to be activated. And then there is uh, immediately, so what I try to do is there's gratitude and after gratitude comes prioritization. So, and I needed to start doing that because once I started managing two companies, yes. it was very, very chaotic. So I started noticing that every time I do prioritization and say that today I'm prioritizing at Shebang, 
one, two, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. And today I'm prioritizing at level super mind one, two, three, four, five. Mm -hmm. Every time I do that and I put it down on paper, that's yellow paper with red ink, which I've been taught by my coach Saloni Suri. Right. So uh, she, so I, I start doing that and then I go into a meditation practice. So it's kind of like the, you know, it's, it's at the conscious. Wow. When I'm writing it, and then when I meditate, it's going into my subconscious. And you visualize. And I, I don't necessarily visualize it. I'm my my practice is more a mantra-based meditation. Correct. On most days. Okay. Or mindfulness-based meditation, but it's, but what's happening is I'm not really visualizing what I wrote, but subconsciously it's going into my you know in into my being, and then if I've done that routine, mm. then nine out of ten times all of those things on those pages will be done. So that's the way to, at least I've seen to hack the brain in my life. I can't wait to give you my planner. Every, yeah. Everything you're talking about <laughs> is in there. Prioritization, gratitude, reflection, affirmations. The only thing I haven't got actually is a meditation practice. Mm. I do have a habit tracker and one of them is empty. Right. So maybe for the next one, we can do one together and you yeah, can, we can add the meditation, meditation one in. But you know, all of these things, it seems like you're very much put together. You know, you're very calm, you're very like organized. Thank you. You're very focused. So tell me your morning routine. So uh, I prefer to wake up as early as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not on that cycle now, but for a long time I've been on a 5 a.m. cycle. Yeah. So get up at 5 a.m. and that's what I'm kind of moving my body to now again. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have uh, 5 a.m. and it's Exactly. The first thing I'm doing is sitting and writing the gratitude and mm -hmm. the prioritization mm -hmm. and the reflection, you know, all of that stuff. So the apart from priori prioritization, one more part of gratitude is exactly like you said, where did I fall from grace? Yes. So, you know, then you're reflecting on what you can improve on. Mm -hmm. So that's the morning followed by a meditation practice, uh, followed by a workout, which is usually for me a swim. Okay. Uh, and uh, the route to my swim is a bike ride. So I'm one of I the know. very few people in the uh, city of uh, Mumbai who will ride a bike. I remember uh, the first time we spoke, we were on FaceTime and you yeah, were on a bike. Yeah, Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and I just feel like it's a great way to get around the city. Mm. Uh, lots of people tell me, hey, it's so polluted and mm. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I just, I just love it. Um, and then after I'm done with the swim, I'm usually in the office typically 9, 9.30. Uh, before I go to the swim, I spend some time with my family. Okay. Uh, and then post the swim, 9, 9.30, I'm at the office till about 9 in the night. So it's a, like a, wow. it's a 12 hour grueling shift. Crazy. And your evening routine? Evening is, unfortunately, it's not as... Uh, Neither is mine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in front of the screen or it's with teams or it's, you know, doing these many things. I think I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have the opportunity to do so many interesting things mm. with my life. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that I'm building this meditation app makes sure that I'm able to interact with people like Gaurangadas yes. and see their journey yeah. or like many other masters mm. and see and learn from them. I'm able to uh, deal with people in the neuroscience space mm. and seeing, you know, people who do work with that. Uh, and on the other side, I have Shebang where I'm able to deal with filmmakers and artists and, yes. you know, talent. And um, one of my proudest moments last year was that we released a 29-minute uh, a short film, which won at, actually 31-minute short film, which won at 29 international awards, film awards. Wow. So it was this uh, story of a 
client of ours uh, they make pipes they call phenolex pipes they make these pipes it was the story of their founder so their founder was a 14 year old boy uh, in 1944 coming on a train from amritsar to then bombay uh he had his life savings in his pocket which was a 10 rupee note and the whole film is focused on how he loses that 10 rupee note but then he finds it back through a combination of his intellect and his wit and his ironclad you know he was known for his ironclad grip on his numbers mm. so how he finds that back is what the film is about wow. and you know so our message in that film was it's often who you are at at a very core yes. young you know pure level which often goes to define what you become mm-hmm. uh i mean we didn't say it that way but you know yes. that's that's the way that's what it was so it was so much fun to make that film mm-hmm. uh or today we have a film which is going live for biscuits company britannia okay where it's a lovely uh it's a old gangster style one minute uh ad film but it's yeah. a very it's not like an ad film Mm-hmm. uh so and we got some legendary actors playing some roles in that so you know i mean i get these opportunities and i get the opportunity to learn new technology because of the different things happening in this you know in the country right mm-hmm. now where i'm at uh, and then connecting the dots between india uk the netherlands and then hopefully more yeah. so i think uh, i'm actually like i'm honestly having the time of my life right now That's so nice uh, and, I'm and i think you can myself. see it you can definitely see it but there's going to be people listening that are going to tell say okay tell me your biggest marketing secret mm. because you've obviously built these incredible companies you're working with global brands mm. you've now built this huge business mm. what's the secret you're like there is no one secret <laughs> i'm just trying to think of a very effective answer so i let me try to break down two or three things mm-hmm. one is when you're pitching business mm-hmm. the one secret is you often win a business before you've entered the room so it's okay. not about it's not about what you do inside the room it's about what you've done outside the room that helps you win a business okay so i have this mantra which i tell my team which is about win the pitch before the pitch okay because uh, most of the time people have decided who they want to work with or who they want to interview mm-hmm. before they've decided that they want to do it themselves like you called me already and said that you know i want karishma yes so you knew it yeah uh or the moment i said gorangadas you said you know yes yes so you knew it mm-hmm. uh it's the same thing with you know at at all levels i think large companies have decided who they want to work with kind of correct or they've decided two or three companies they want to work with kind of so first you got to get yourself in that consideration set means you have to be respectable mm. means you got to have good principles mm-hmm. means you got to have good references mm. so with shebang that's what we try to do a lot of the work is around that okay. we've served lots of companies and we've served them well and we have a set of guiding principles that make sure we serve them well like an mm. you know an example guiding principle that we have is our word is our bond so when we commit something you know in hindi this is zubaan de di yeah so like when we commit something we have to stick to it So that's you know that so it's win the pitch before the pitch but then how to do that is set of guiding principles good quality work good reputation serve the market well so i think that's one the second thing i can say is that if you're building a company or any kind of company the first hire you should make is a human resources hire really okay because 
you can win in any business if you've got the right team with you. And who's going to get you the right team is somebody who knows how to identify people. So that's the second thing I would say, which is this human resource is the yeah. secret to marketing success. Okay. And um, then I think the third thing is the, you know, you've got to be able to live a creative life. So I don't mean just be creative, but live a creative life. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you absorb experiences from a creative life, it often goes into your work. So, so yeah, I mean, like for me, that's music. I, I try to write music and compose music and try to put it out. Not so many people love it, but yeah. I, I do it nevertheless. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things, I think it's these three things put together um, that do it. And like similarly, I do a lot of work also. You know, another thing which you can do is if every, you know, and authentically, if every action you can look at is from how can I give the other person? How can I give to the other person? How can mm -hmm. I give to the other person? Not just for the sake of giving. But uh, my co-founder on Level Supermind, he taught me this great tool, Ayush. Okay. Um, he said to me that, you know, like one way to increase interconnectedness between people, and let's try this right now, mm -hmm. is that if you're listening to me speak, yeah. think of the words that are coming out of my mouth mm -hmm. in the way you speak. Okay, okay so, yes. So it's actually Harshil saying these words, but oh, now... You know, it's a more active listening exercise. Mm -hmm. Think of it as Shivani speaking. Because all of us love our own voices. You know, that's the human truth. Mm -hmm. All of us love our own voices. Mm -hmm. And then if you hear me speaking as you speaking, mm -hmm. you're going to follow more active listening. What that's doing over time is increasing interconnectedness. And then we're all in this together, right? I mean, effectively, we're all in this yeah. together. And then, then authentically look at every opportunity as an opportunity. What can I, how can I serve this person? I love that. So then that kind of, uh, I think then that comes together. I think you and I are more connected because you've got a digital product. I've got a per, like in-person product and it's so the same. It's actually yeah. crazy. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you more about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. With my planner. Tell me five ways on how, not I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me how you would sell this though. How I would sell this. Because I'm rubbish at marketing. I think you're doing a great job already. <laughs> uh, no, because actually the, the podcast is a service for the planner. Correct. In a way. Yeah. So you don't expect anything from your listeners for the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're building trust. You're building credibility. Yeah. Uh, you're nourishing minds. Mm -hmm. And then over time, you're saying, look, this is where the planner seamlessly fits into Correct. all of this that's being spoken about. Yeah. So I just want to wish you like more and more success with you. what you're doing in this. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you already I, I see the comments and so many people are so deeply affected by what you do. Oh, so you. I just hope that more and more people get more deeply affected and, you know, able to resonate with all your thank work. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really have enjoyed speaking to you today to understand all these different things that you're doing. But just I have one final question for you. When you're doing some kind of uh, marketing in terms of like the social media side, a lot of people at the moment expect to see instant results. Mm. And when they don't, they say influencer marketing is dead. Mm. Do you think influencer marketing is dead or it's just on the rise? I think that at this point it's on the rise. Uh, and there's a very logical reason why I say this. Okay. 
is because if you look at marketing from the point of view of reach and distribution, mm -hmm. earlier you st I would spend money on a television ad because it puts me in front of more people, mm -hmm. reach and distribution. Today that reach and distribution is on digital platforms, on an Instagram ad, but it's also on the creators who create on Instagram. Yes. So you could choose to buy reach and influence on an ad, mm. or you could choose to buy reach and influence via a person who people listen to. And then I think it's the responsibility of that person to make sure that they find you know, deals which are so aligned to them. Uh, so then the audience also has a win-win. So I think, you know, it, it comes back to that point of Gaurangadas, which is that, you know, your find your core or your mm. purpose or your vein. I think that's the way influencer marketing also works. So it's about connecting the right brands to the right influencers and then making sure that message is streamlined and hits the right people to benefit them in the best way. So I think at this point in time, and why I say at this point in time is because the algorithms can switch. Yes. Um, so if the algorithms don't switch, it's only on the rise. So I think uh, it's a great medium to invest in. Um, and yeah, I've seen so many people like, uh, you know, uh, your friend Shivani Bafna. Yeah, she's she's she writes about uh, how she's done this with uh, Bliss Club and, yeah. you know, they've gone sold out. Or yeah. Masoom is writing about like what's happening at, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what do they call it? MM Magic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think it works. A lot of people are so skeptical about it now and they say say that you know it's a lot of people haven't built trust with the audience mm. but you've just touched on such a good point of it has to be win-win yeah you know the brands have to connect with your values and then mm. it's win-win for both of you exactly. at the moment what we're seeing is brands are connecting with people who don't align to their values and that's why we're seeing a lose-lose yeah. from both angles because the influencer yeah. isn't trusted and the brand isn't trusted and also I think my advice to brands would be let the influencers say the message the way they think it relevant. Mm. You know, don't try to like, hey, you have to say this line and this word and say it this way. Mm. Because the influencer knows their audience mm -hmm. uh, or the creator knows their audience and they know what their audience is going to resonate with. So if you do it that way, then it works a lot better. So true. I really honestly am so excited now that we've connected finally properly. I know yes. we've been talking for months, but you know, I'm so grateful that you've come on and I'm thank so you. grateful that you've you've helped me do this whole season. So thank you That's so nice much. That's nice of you to say. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. Everyone, and thank you so much for listening and watching this podcast. Wherever you're listening or watching, if you could please press the follow, like and subscribe button, it would really mean the world to me.